0: Uh, why don't you shake somebody's hand again, just one more time, just because they're right there next to you, face-to-face. Go ahead, just do it. Don't be afraid. Face-to-face. Face-to-face. There's a, there's a method to the madness. You know, my little grandkids, I, I love them, but how many miles away is that? It's like 7,000 miles away. It's amazing that we can see them on Skype and all that, and that's pretty cool and everything, but you know what? It's just not the same as being face-to-face, is it? Like the person next to you. It's just not the same. You can't, like, squeeze them. You can't, like, tickle them. You you know the stuff that a grandfather would do. You just can't do those sort of things. But one day, one day soon, according to what's being planned, is that they're going to be here, right? And I'm going to be able to see them face to face, and I'm going to be able to to talk to them and, and hear the you know the the nuances of people's uh, how how people talk to one another. That's going to be soon. My one of my older brothers, as most of you know, passed away this January, and uh, he was uh, two years older than me, so he was like 43. And uh, but. But I had spent some time going back to see him. He had you know, COPD and a bunch of other issues. And, and, but I got to see him face-to-face and like hold him and touch him and pray for him. We, we'd had phone calls. He'd call me up uh, pretty regularly and say, Hey, Richard, uh, can you say a prayer for me? I got him on my answering machine. Can you say a prayer for me? I'm having a hard time. I need you to say one of those prayers for me. And so, you know, I'd call him back and I would pray for him. But it just wasn't the same, you know, by telephone. It's not quite the same, is it? So there's this separation. And then when he passed away, it's like I can't even, I can't even get the telephone calls anymore. I save those other ones and I play them like every now and then. Not very often because it's hard. But, but I can't hear his voice. I can't see his face. I'm separated from him now in this life. He is a believer, so I believe one day we'll be back together again. But, but as far as this life, this world, I'm separated. I, can't, I don't have that contact with him anymore. Is that separation. You know, I want to talk to you about heaven and hell today because you say, what's that got to do with anything? Well, I think the, what, what strikes me when I think about heaven and hell or heaven or hell is, is the idea of being face to face or being separated so you cannot be face to face. You see, death, when you think about death too, just this thought about death is, death is separation, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Death is separation. When we die, we're separated from those people. And there's something about what happens, uh, the the scripture talks about eternal life, but it also refers to eternal death, Mm -hmm. eternal separation. And that's kind of what we see. To be in heaven with God is to be with Him face-to-face, forever and ever and ever, face-to-face. No more separation, no more Skype calls. Kind of like our relationship now is kind of like a Skype call. We kind of like, you know, we get a feel for it, but it's not like He can actually reach out and touch us. We can reach out and touch Him. But one day it says that we will be face-to-face with Him. You know, people like to talk about heaven, have you ever noticed that? But people don't like to talk about hell very much. But you know what, Jesus talked about both. He probably talked about hell more than he did talk about heaven. That's correct. And, and so, for us, we, we, we need to understand it, because I think if we, if we don't understand it, we, we, we're not going to care about the people next to us. I read an interesting uh, letter that DL Moody who was the evangelist in the 1800s and he and somebody had given a big check to his ministry whether it was a church or a, or, or his speaking ministry he gave a big check and and uh, this man wasn't a believer and so he wrote back to him and he said he said you know what I really thank you for that check and and, and I don't want to offend you I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here he says but but I don't want you to think that you giving that check is going to get you into heaven. He says, because you need to give your heart to Jesus Christ so that, so that you will be together one day. He kept the check. <laughs> but he told him, he, you know, he explained to him, he, you know, that, that you have to make a decision for, for Jesus. It can't be ignored, really, this thing about separation, this thing about hell. We, we just can't ignore it. You know we, we we there are I've heard of churches where they there are certain words they won't use they won't talk about sin, they won't talk about hell, they won't talk about the devil and you know what i don't I don't think we need to focus on all three of those every single time we get together. I'm going to hammer you about the devil I don't like to give him any more credit than he you know, has coming to him already. I don't want to hammer you with sin. We all know, I think we all know truly that we're sinners. We're just we're just sinful. And if you don't know that, you got some kind of problem. And I think it's delusion. And I don't think we need to talk about hell every single day, right? But we can't just avoid these issues. We can't avoid the fact, and especially when it comes up in our passages like, like what we're going to see here today in, in 2 Thessalonians, that it's a very real place. You know, uh, we, we again, we think about heaven, we think it's a very real place. But we don't think about hell as a very very real place. But Jesus talked about them as both as if they were. And the Word of God declares that they both are a real place and a real place. Uh, Existence. Why don't we turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1? Because our passage really speaks to both of these issues today eternal life and end eternal death. Very important issues. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10. We're going to look at verses 8 through 10, but we'll start in 6 for some context. God is just. That's so important. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, Paul said to the Thessalonians. Why? Because you believed our testimony to you. He starts off in that section that we just read, saying that God is just, because we we have to keep it in context about who we're talking about here. He says that he will punish. He will punish. We don't like the idea of punishment. I mean, who, who liked getting punished as a child? Oh, I enjoy this. None of you? You're not the glutton for punishment? You know, but, but, it, but it, you know, to, to raise a child, there comes a, a time when you've got to show them some kind of punishment that there are you know, results from their actions, their behavior has consequences he says here that he will punish and we don't like the idea of punishment and you say well what could they have done what could they have done to be punished with something so terrible as what we have just read here and and what has been described here i think the question really should be what have we not done say what what You know what? Again, for us to know that we are sinners, that we've missed the mark, that God is just, that God is holy, that God is light, that there's no darkness in Him whatsoever. If we know that who He is, the holy and just and incredible God, and we know who we are, there's a problem here. Isaiah said our sins have separated us from Him. There's a huge problem, you see. But for us to know that that God is just and that one day He's going to return. And, and we all look forward to that. I look forward to that. I wish it would be today that He would come back for me, that He would come back for you, that, that He would come back for each of us that, that returns. I, I love you. Read to the end of the story, you know, like with the Bible. You don't know the end of the book uh, sometimes when you're reading a book or story, but you can read to the end of the Bible, and it says there, the second to the last verse says this, He who testifies to these things says... Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. And John says, come, Lord Jesus. For us to say, Lord, we're waiting. We want you to come. We want you to come return for us. But God is just. And we are sinners. And uh, again, I'm not going to hammer you about that. We we all know that. but, But God's justice demands punishment. God's justice demands it. It doesn't mean that he likes it, though. Right? You you know the saying, when you punish your kid, well, this hurts me more than it hurts you. He doesn't like to punish. He doesn't like the fact that there's this place called hell. In fact, in Ezekiel, it says that, that he takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He takes no pleasure in the death of anyone. He doesn't desire that anyone would perish. We know Peter tells us that. He doesn't enjoy... The fact that, that people reject him and they, and they are, are punished with this eternal punishment that we talked about. His, his feeling is this. Let me quote to you from Ezekiel 33. He says, But rather that they would turn from their ways and live. Turn, he says, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, O house of Israel? Why will you die, he says? Rather... He says, My desire, my heart, God's heart is that, that you and I would turn to him, that we would find that forgiveness that only comes through his son, through Jesus Christ. Notice it says there in uh, verse 8, he says, He will punish who? Two groups. He says there are those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. Warren Mearsby talks about those that would be willful, willfully ignorant and willfully disobedient, that we decide, no, I I don't want to know you. We get what we deserve, we get what we ask for. Willful ignorance and willful disobedience don't get us anywhere. You say, is that really true? Well, it does. In Romans chapter 1, it says they did not think it worthwhile to retain the knowledge of God. They didn't think it was important. How many people around you are, were, were, so, we're so caught up in the things of this world? Well, it's not really important that I would know who God is and that I would know him myself. But those, he says, those who do not know him, that is the, that's the dividing line, you see. Those that believe in him, those that know him. Jesus said, this is eternal life, that you would know the Father and the Son who, whom he has sent. John 17. That's the dividing line. That's what he's talking about here. Those that would be punished and sent to this everlasting destruction are those that do not know him, those that that disobey the gospel. When you hear the gospel, the gospel is basically this, right? That Jesus died for your sins and that that he paid the price that that you should pay. And if you believe in him and if you trust him and, and receive that forgiveness, you will receive eternal life and you will be with him forever and ever that's the gospel. So to disobey the gospel, to say, no, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want to hear it. You know, sad to say, one of my other brothers, uh, he has also died recently, last couple years ago, but I, I can remember vividly going to talk to him and, and just pleading with him, you need Jesus in your life. He's going on and on about this and that. You need Jesus in your life. And, and he was adamant. He was, you know, I, I shudder to think. Now, could he have at some point in time trusted in Jesus Christ? He could have. I don't know for sure what happened to him, where where he is right now. But I know that that his reaction to me was was pretty violent. No, don't even talk to me about that, Jesus. That's sad. But it was his choice. I wasn't making it for him. You and I, we all make our own choices. Isn't that true? Nobody, Nobody twisted your arm to believe in Jesus. You decided, you made made a choice that I'm going to believe in him. So what we talked about, it's what what Paul talks about here, those that believe, those that believed the testimony. But look at verse 9, what does it say there? He said, they will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. Now, there's some, you know, interesting theology out there that, that what hell is and, and what he's talking about here is annihilation meaning you're completely wiped out with no knowledge of anything. Well, the Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible talks about eternal destruction, everlasting destruction, eternally separated with some kind of consciousness. It's not, you know, you're just done and over with. That that's not biblical. Why where did that come from? Well, people, you know, we all kind of want again we we kind of want to look for a way out. We kind of look want to look for some way to make it easier. But there's no way to make hell easier. You can call it H-E double hockey sticks all day long, but it doesn't make it any easier. It's eternal and it's separation. When I think about hell, that's, what, that's, the, that's the, the theme that, that comes to my mind is, is what he talks about here, to be separated, to be shut out to be shut out from the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Ravi Zacharias says, he calls it an unending, physical, real separation from God. Unending, physical, and real separation from God. That's what hell is. You know the joke people say, you know, I don't mind going to hell. Why? Because all my friends will be there. Well, who cares if all your friends are there? God will not be there for you. That's the important thing to think about. Who cares where your friends are? Not that you don't care about your friends. You know what I mean? Is God there? That's what matters. Is the creator of the universe, the one who created you and me, is he going to be there? That's, That's what matters. Shut out from the presence of the Lord. An interesting thing about this word presence is it's the same word for face shut out from the face of the lord we the, you know 1 Corinthians 13 talks about you know that we will one day be face to face right now we see through as as through a glass darkly or kind of like a reflection kind of like a mirror with you know something on it and we can't get a really good picture but one day he says we'll see face to face and here he says shut out from the face that's a very different that's why you know I'm talking heaven or hell heaven one face to face Hell shut out from the face. That's the point that, that I want to uh, get across today that, that you and I need to understand. That's the big difference. God will not, we will not ha- be having a relationship with Him forever and ever and ever. Shut out, separated forever. But heaven, on the other hand, to be with the Lord forever. Face to face, he says, now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Notice he says there too, shut out from the majesty of his power. Again, where, do, where am I seeing heaven in these verses? Well, that is a part of heaven here that we're going we're gonna to see the majesty of his power. We're going to be face to face him with him, but we're also going to see incredibly who he is. I mentioned last week, you know, in Revelation, talks about them singing this song about how just God is, that all His ways are true and right and just. And we're going to see the majesty of His power. We're going to see Him. We're going to know Him for who He is. Face to face, those who are His, those who have believed, it says they will marvel in verse 10 they will marvel at him. I look forward to that. How about you? See, that's a pretty simple message, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's a Very simple message. What's the message? It's the message between heaven or hell. Are you gonna be with him or are you gonna not be with him? The dividing line is found here in verse 10. I've already spoken about it many times, but he says, among those who have believed, This includes you, because you believed our testimony to you. It's a a dividing line of faith. It's a dividing line of trust, trust where we hear the testimony about who Jesus is and have we trusted in him to be our Savior and Lord. Because that punishment that he talks about here, that is ours. That's mine. That's yours. Every one of us deserves that punishment. There's no getting around it. I don't care how good you are. I don't care, uh, you know, how many Sunday school classes you teach, how much money you give, the big check. We'll keep it, by the way. Maybe. It doesn't matter what we do. Our good works aren't going to get us there. It's not, it's not going to happen. Our good works will not get us into heaven. There's only one. And his name was Jesus, and he came and he lived a perfect life. He who had no sin became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. There's no way. You see, without the cross, without the cross of Jesus, you and I are doomed. We are doomed. But with the cross, with Jesus, we have hope for eternal life, and we look forward to being with him forever and ever. That's the message. That's the gospel. So he says to them, he says, this includes you. And, and I, I hope and I pray that that includes you as well. Say, well, you can't keep talking about the gospel. Well, I'm just talking about what it says here. And that, that you and I need to know we're going to have communion in just, just a couple of minutes. And, and you need to know, does that include you? Have you trusted? Have you heard the testimony? I like what John said in 1 John chapter 5, a verse I learned when I was a young believer. He said, this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life and this life is in His Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I read it. I didn't want to misquote it here. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. No Face to face. No being together, but separation. We're separated even before we die if we're not believers, because again, as I said earlier, our sins separate us from God, but the cross of Jesus brings us together with Him. We now have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How about you? No third choice. We're either with him forever or we're separated from him forever. There's no third option. I want to close at Luke chapter 16. Let's go ahead and turn there. The Gospel of Luke chapter 16. Very interesting passage. They're all interesting, I think, but but in relation to what we're looking at today, Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19. This is about the rich man and Lazarus, Jesus speaking. He says, There was a rich man, verse 19, who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate was laid a beggar named Lazarus, covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. And even the dogs came and licked his sores. Notice, notice what he's saying here is that once you die, it, your choice has been made. See, well, you know, I'll, I'll decide, and and maybe you know, people will pray for me after I die. They'll pray for me a long time. They, you know, they'll light some candles, they'll do these things, and you know, in some kind of never, never um, uh, land until certain things take place, and it'll get me in. Well, no, that that's not going to happen. Don't put your hope in that you got to decide now. That's what he's saying here. You can't cross over too late. A great chasm. There's a separation. He answered, verse 27, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my father's house, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them, warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. And Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And Jesus tells us that he said to them, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. They're going to make up their choice. They're going to make up their mind. You see, well, if somebody would just come back from heaven and tell me something, then I will do something well, you know what? If someone would just rise from the dead, then I'll do something. Well, you know what? Someone has risen from the dead, right? We all know that. It's Jesus. He's risen from the dead. And He came and He told us that this is what is going to happen, that this is what the, the future looks like. This is what's how things are going to be, and, and you need to trust in Him. There's no other way. He said he was the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through him. You're not going to cross over except by Jesus Christ, by what he did on the cross. I think about this often, the the cross, you know, and and Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians, you know, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to those of us who are being saved, he says, it's the wisdom of God, it's the power of God, it's, it's everything. That's why we celebrate the cross. That's why we're going to have communion right now. Because it's our only hope. Otherwise, we will be shut out from the presence, from the face of the Lord. We will face eternal destruction. Because why? Because we deserve it. Because that's what sin deserves. The wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible declares. No other way around it. So does it include you? Finished with that thought. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray. We're going to take a couple minutes and have some uh, a quiet time where we can reflect and think about the cross. Have we have we come to that cross and say, you know, only to the cross I cling because it's my only hope. And then we have communion on the back table, and we'll ask you to just go and get it for yourself. And you standing up you making that walk is, a, is a, a kind of a testimony between you and God that, that you trust Him. You do. But you know, if you don't trust Him, don't get up and do it. Don't, don't make a mockery of it. It's, this is serious. This is real. If you're not ready, it's okay. Nobody's going to look at you and say, well, you didn't get up and go do it. Don't do it because of that. Do it because it's something that's inside that you have in here. Don't do it because of what other people will think. That'll never work. Never. Let's pray together, shall we? Father in heaven, we thank you for <clears throat> your word, though. We, we, it's hard sometimes. And the message is difficult, this message about heaven or hell. But I pray for each one here that, that each one would know and would trust and what you did for them out of the great love that you have that you have no desire that anyone would perish that you don't delight in the death of anyone that you sent your one and only son so that we might have that place in, in your family and, and live with you face to face forever and never and so we come now again to remember the cross to remember that sacrifice that Jesus, you came to the earth and you, you are with God. You are God. John chapter 1 tells us. You are the word, but the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we've seen his glory. That you came and that you lived that perfect sinless life, but, but then you, you went to the cross for us and you, you died the death that I should have died paid the price that I should have to pay. But you did it for me. So we come and we thank you for that. And not only that, but to just to prove who you were, you were buried and you rose from the dead, to prove that you could do that for us. That no one else could ever do that but only you because you are the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We thank you for that. And even now as we take a, a few moments to quietly... Uh, contemplate and quietly talk to you, thanking you for who you are, and maybe maybe there's some here that need to, for the very first time, say, Jesus, I, I want to be in heaven with you. I want to be with you forever and ever. And I am a sinner, and I am lost, and and I so I receive that cross. I receive that forgiveness, that payment that you gave on my account. Maybe that's you today and you can, you can pray that. You can talk to him about it and, and you can get up and celebrate uh, with all those others who have received the forgiveness and the love of Jesus. Father, thank you for your love, your great, amazing love for us that you've lavished on us. In Jesus' name man